Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. We're starting a brand new series today, and the series is called, What Does the Bible Say About? Can you say that with me? Come on. What Does the Bible Say About? And uh, we really wanted to do this series as a team. We talked about it because, I don't know if you know or not, but the world is full of lies. Right now, more than ever, there is a bunch of people trying to deceive everybody, especially when it comes to Christian doctrine, theology, anything that has to do with God. The world is full of lies. So as a team, we gathered together and we were actually going to do another series in this month, but we felt last minute, like, no, we, we got to talk about this uh, because if anybody is speaking truth, sharing truth, uh, being loud about truth, it should be the church of Jesus Christ. And so, um, yeah, there's a whole lot of uh, false things being preached about, talked about, especially on social media. If you're on TikTok, talk tick, 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 tickety talk. Um, Instagram, any of that. There, there's so many people with these false doctrines, false theologies, and I just want you to know, if you're at Calvary, if this is your first time here, we're a Bible church. We love the Bible, and we believe the Bible from front cover to back cover, every word, every period, comma, everything about it, we believe the Bible. And so we're going to address some things during this series. The next five weeks are going to be unmissable. Make sure you're here. In fact, I would really suggest to you to take out a notebook now, a pen. If you don't have a piece of paper, borrow one from the person next to you at Calvary. We love taking notes. We learn together and then we talk about it uh, during the week in our connect groups. But this this month, we're going to talk about uh, heaven, hell. We're going to talk about sex and sexuality. We're going to talk about toxic masculinity and feminism and stuff like that that's being um, talked about. And uh, we're going to be loud about what the Bible says. Amen. Grab your Bibles and open them up to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. And that's in the New Testament. If you're new uh, to church, if you don't know where Luke is, it's in the New Testament. That means the second half of the Bible. You're going to see there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go to Luke. Also, uh, we call him Uncle Luke. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. As you're going there, look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm glad you're sitting next to me. Smile at somebody next to you. Why don't you compliment the person next to you with something? Come on, look at the person next to you. Look at the person on the opposite side, the person you didn't want to turn to. Tell them you look better than my first neighbor. By the way, at Calvary, we say we don't endure church, we enjoy church. And so we're going to have a whole lot of fun. I've never been to church like this. Well, welcome to Calvary. Luke chapter 16. Are you there? Okay, if you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screens. And is it okay? We're going to read a story. Is that okay? We're going to read a story. It's, it's quite a, a couple verses, but just follow along. And uh, even if you weren't okay with it, I'm going to read it. Uh, Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 19. Follow along on the screens or on your Bibles. I'm reading out of the ESV. Beginning in verse 19, Jesus is speaking and he's sharing stories. And look at this story that he's about to share. Verse 19, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus. 
He was covered with sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and he was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and he was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, child, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, and Lazarus in a like manner bad things. But now he's being comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, then I beg you, Father, please. He's begging Abraham. Can you please send somebody to my father's house for I have five brothers so that he may warn them lest they come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, well, they already have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he says, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Amazing story. Luke chapter 16, a very interesting parable or story that Jesus shares. And today as we start this brand new series, what does the Bible say about? We're going to start week one with a, a pretty heavy topic. And if you're uncomfortable with this topic, come back next week. That one might be more uncomfortable, but maybe next series. Um, we're going to start the book of Acts in September, which is going to be awesome. But, but, but today we're going to talk about heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. And uh, I think it's an awesome way to kick off camp. <laughs> We're going to talk about hell. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Alex, go back on vacation. All right, let's pray. We're going to pray. We're going to talk about this. And then we're going to worship one more time. Pray for all the youth and have an amazing Sunday. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for each and every single person that's here, every person joining us uh, physically or online. God, we thank you for this big family called Calvary. We thank you, God, for this month coming up. We pray that you would help us, Holy Spirit, to see your word and to see you. Speak to our hearts. We want to be healed, whole, well in our emotions, in our mind, in our spirit, and we want to understand your word. And God, we don't want to be deceived. We want to know your truth and uh, help us to see you better. If we see you better, our lives will be better. God, we thank you and we love you. Thank you for loving people like us. We don't deserve it. And you're so good to us. We love you and we thank you. It is in Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Amen. Oh, come on, all of God's people say. Amen. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. Have you, have you ever seen something you don't like? Ever seen something you don't like? You want to do something about it? I, I grew up, I grew up in, I'm, I'm originally born and raised in Hialeah. Any Hialeah people in the house? That whole row, watch that row. Um, <laughs> I, I'm from Hialeah. I'm a product of Hialeah. And we were born and raised in Hialeah. And then we moved over to uh, Cutler Ridge, not Cutler Bay. They make it sound nice now. It's Cutler Ridge. Um, 
And so, I, but I grew up in, 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 in neighborhoods where there was a bunch of us that used to come outside and play. And we played football and basketball. We used to box in the corner of our neighborhood, all that, right? Like nowadays, nobody goes outside. But uh, back in the day, there was the sun in summertime and you were outside and it was awesome. Or uh, sometimes we would go inside and play some video games and I'm not much of a video, to this day, I, I really don't, to this day, uh, I, I really don't play video games. I, I don't understand. I'm terrible at them. But well, a couple years ago, a long time ago, Nintendo 64 came out. Some of you remember Nintendo 64. Best system ever. It's the first system my parents gave me. I told you, they were charismatic Pentecostal. And so that's the first kind of Nintendo we ever had. And um, you ever played with people that can't lose? Some of you are like, I can't lose. We had a couple friends in the neighborhood that really uh, hated losing, hated losing. And so whether we were playing football or basketball, you ever have one of these friends that are like, that game doesn't count. Start, start over. That game, you ever had one of those? I remember we had this one friend that we were playing video games and um, toward the end of the video game, if his score was less than ours, he would shut it off. No. Right? And we're like, what, what are you doing? No, 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 no. It's not fair. It's not fair. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't mentally ready. And it's like, I just beat you. Like, just take your L and go home. Like, but because they didn't like it, they wanted it off. Because they didn't like it, they wanted to erase it. We are living in times where people want to erase what they don't like. We're living in times where people, if it doesn't fit my agenda, if it doesn't fit my lifestyle, if it doesn't fit what I personally like, I want nothing to do with it. On top of that, I'll try to erase it. In fact, more specifically, we are living in times where people want to erase truth. I don't want to hear it, right? People want to erase truth. In fact, you have your truth and I have my truth. But if both of us have different truths, what's truth? (laughs) But nowadays, everybody can be right and nobody can be wrong. And so we want to do away with truth. Let's erase it. Let's erase it. Let's get rid of it. In fact, I'll say most of us, we love truth. What we don't like and don't love is hard truth. Like, for example... If somebody were to come up to you this morning, whether you're here, additional seating, or watching online all over the globe, if somebody were to tell you, hey, have you been eating healthier? Have you been working out? Let me tell you, I see the effort. You've lost a few pounds. You look great. Wouldn't you like that? I'm glad you recognize. Like, I worked out a lot on vacation. Thank you very much. Somebody saw it because my wife hasn't acknowledged it. (laughs) I'm kidding. You know, but you were like that. Now, if somebody were to come up to us and say, hey, can I just tell you, I think you should change your eating habits. (laughs) Uh, I love you, and I think you, you have you tried walking lately? Like, I think you need to work out. That's a hard truth. We wouldn't like it. Maybe some of us would appreciate it. My mom sat me down a couple times growing up with some hard truths. I remember I stopped going to church for a few months, right? This is back in the day. And my mom called me one day. And she's like, Alex, I need to speak to you. And I'm like, you know, you know any conversation starts like that, you're like, oh, God. Right. Uh, yes, mommy. <laughs> That's not how you grew up. God has a calling for your life. Get to church. It's a hard truth. 
It didn't sit me. It didn't sit with me well, but I needed to hear that truth. I heard a pastor recently share a story that he went to the doctor and the doctor told him he had cancer. Now he said, whoa, when he told me this, I didn't like it. It it was uncomfortable. It was hard. But I'm glad he told me because I needed to know. I needed to know. Now I knew we have something that we need to attack and we need to work on. There are some things we don't want to hear, but we need to hear. Nowadays, People are uncomfortable with certain topics, so don't talk about it, and let's try to erase it. Here's the bottom line. You can try to erase truth, but you can't evade the truth. Like like if all of us were to say, the sun doesn't exist, let's burn up every single book that has a picture of the solar system, speaks about the sun. We hate the sun. We don't like the sun. It makes us hot and humid and muggy. We don't like, let's erase the sun from every single book that exists on planet earth. You can't evade it. You're going to walk outside and see the big sun make you sweat every single day. You can try to erase truth, but you can't evade truth. The the thing is, a lot of us, we're uncomfortable with some of the things that the Bible speaks about. And we're more like, well, if God is a loving God, why would he do something like this? And I think it's because we have a half understanding of God. I think we understand that God is love. Come on, all of us know that God is love. We've heard that. We grew up listening to that. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus. Come on. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. That sounded great. (laughs) The Bible tells me so. But the Bible also tells me he's holy. (laughs) We don't sing about that. And he's a judge. Yes, he will judge me. Yes, he will judge me. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, doesn't it have the nice same ring to it? Yes, God is love and he's perfect in his love. He is the most loving being ever of all time. He's perfect in his love. We cannot comprehend the love and the faithfulness of God. God is absolutely the best at love. But he's also perfect and holy. And that means he's a perfect judge. And so he has to judge sin because he's perfect in love. He's also perfect as a judge and he has to deal with evil and he's going to deal with it maybe in a way that we don't like or comprehend or understand, but he never called us to ask for advice. So some of us are like, well, if I was God, I wouldn't do that. If I was God, I wouldn't create hell. And if I was God, I would send nobody to hell. And I just start thinking, like I heard a a psychologist say this recently. Like some of us, we can't even clean up our room. We can't even make our bed. (laughs) We can't even lose the last five, ten pounds we're trying to lose. We can't even fix our marriages. Some of us are having trouble raising our kids. Some of us, our financial life is all over the world. But we want to tell God how to run the universe. Like He's the most infinite being ever the wisest being to ever live, but he should have called us and said, hey, I'm creating humanity. How'd you do this? Like, I want to know from you. Like, 
I don't know, but if you tell me to do something and God tells me to do something, I'm going to trust God because he's the smartest, wisest, most intelligent. And because he's loving, I'm going to trust everything he tells me. Are you following me? Because he's perfect in his love. I don't understand it. I don't have to understand it. He's God and I'm not. And so I'll tell you today, you can trust the plan because the creator is perfect. Trust it. We don't have to understand it. I'm not called to understand it. But I can trust him because I know he's perfect in his love toward me. Because I know he's for me. And I know he's wise about all he does. And so I have to lean on he's doing everything that is the best decision for the world and the universe. Are you following me? Okay, so Jesus, Jesus is on this earth and he's walking around. In the book of Luke, starting at about chapter 15, he starts to share some parables because there are some uh, Pharisees and these were religious people, really people that like to look really good on the outside. Uh, they they want to claim that they're close to God, but they're really far from God. You ever met people like that? <laughs> Don't point at nobody in here, but, but they claim to know God. They claim to be really close to God, but they're far from God. And so Jesus is confronting them and Jesus is telling them a whole lot of stuff. And, and, and these couple chapters, he, he's, he's kind of tough with them. And, and basically he's saying, you say you love God, but you don't even take care of poor people. You don't even care about lost people. You don't help the hurting. What you like is your nice Louis Vuitton robes and having a whole lot of money. I see you with your Gucci slippers and I see you with your nice robes. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you have that and do not care about the rest of humanity. And so he gets to chapter 16. And in chapter 16, he begins this incredible story. And he says, there was a rich man and a poor man named Lazarus. And he says, the rich man had everything. Like he had purple linen, fine linen, a purple robe. Like he was dripped out. This man looked good. He had everything right. And there was a man named Lazarus close by. And every day it seemed like this rich man ignored him apparently. Walked past him, didn't care about him. He would go eat and wouldn't even share his food. The man was just trying to eat off the crumbs. And Jesus is like, basically, that's not what God looks like. That's not what Christianity is about. And so you say you know God. You say you're close to God, but you're really far from the heart of God. Then Jesus says, well, they both died. Both of them, the both of them died. And he says, the, the, the man Lazarus, he went to Abraham's side or what we would call in our modern day kind of way of understanding it, heaven, which I'll explain now, but it was Abraham's side, right? That's where righteous people went. The poor, I mean, the rich man died and he went to Hades. Now, Jesus says this word, Hades. In our English term, we know it as hell. So Jesus speaks on hell. The first thing I want to start with today, and, and I'll, I just got three quick points and, and then we'll, we'll worship. The first thing is that hell is a real place. Hell is a real, real place. There's so much conversation today around the internet, around the globe of hell not being real. But Jesus himself says here that the, the rich man went to Hades or hell. This also lets us know there is life after death. There's life after death. This world is not all there is. This life is not all there is. We are not people that have a body and then have a soul. No, we have a soul and God gave us a body and our soul will live on. Look what the Bible says, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7. The dust returns to the ground where it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. There's life 
after death. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, the writer says this, people are destined to die once and then face judgment. There is life after death, whether we like it or not. And so here in Luke chapter 16, Jesus says the word Hades. Now, now just to give you a little bit of context, to understand a little bit about what Jesus is talking about and what hell is, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, they use this word called Sheol, Sheol, Sheol. It literally meant the, under, the underworld, and it's where both righteous and unrighteous people went. In the New Testament, which was written in Greek, it's the word Hades. Both mean the same thing. In our modern times of understanding it, it's hell. Sheol in one testament, Hades in the other, they both mean hell. In the Old Testament, all people went to Sheol. And in Sheol, you good? Ready for summer camp. In, in, Sheol, in Sheol, there was righteous people. And in Sheol, there was unrighteous people. In Sheol, there was two compartments. One, which was almost like a holding place called paradise also, where righteous people waited for the promise of God, the Messiah. And then there was place for the unrighteous people or hell as we understand it now. Right? In fact, that's why the Bible says that when Jesus died and he went to the grave, his spirit went down to the underworld. He went to Hades, Sheol. He went to hell and literally preached the gospel in hell for three days. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that he who ascended first descended to the lower parts of the earth and then brought a bunch of captives with him up to heaven. Come on, that's the Jesus that we have. And so when Jesus dies, he transfers paradise now to heaven. This is hell. Now, hell comes from a word, the root word. It's a cavern, a sunken place, an empty cavern, a dark place. Sheol was the place of the deceased. Hades was the word that the Greeks used, and it's the place where all dead people went. This is what Jesus is talking about. This cavern, this hollow place. I like the way one of our friends defines it. He's going to be here at the end of the month. He says, eternal conscience punishment for the wicked is hell. Hell is an eternal conscience punishment for the wicked. Now, now there's two errors that come to this, right? People say hell is not real, number one. And number two, hell is not eternal. Out of those two errors come two lies or two heresies. And what they say is that, no, God loves everybody, so nobody's going to hell. Have you heard that? Nobody's going to hell. That's called universalism. And I want to tell you, we don't believe that, and the Bible doesn't teach that, right? Universalism is not true. Everybody's going to heaven, and nobody's going to hell. Wow, that, that sounds great, and that plan sounds incredible, and, and God should have consulted you before he planned this whole thing out because apparently you have more wisdom than him, but, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says hell is a real place. So not, a universalism is not true. And so I don't care if there's somebody trying to teach doctrine on TikTok. They are not preaching from scripture because that is not true. And so universalism is not real. Number two, it's annihilation. That's the second heresy or second lie, annihilation. What that means is some people will go to heaven. The rest of the people who don't make it, they'll be annihilated. They'll be destroyed. So they won't even be conscious. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches an eternal conscious punishment for all those who are wicked, right? And, and I, I want Jesus talks more about hell than he does about heaven. In fact, when Jesus was here walking on earth, he spoke three times 
as many times uh, about hell that he does about heaven. Look what he says here, Matthew chapter 5, verse 22. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to counsel. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Whoa, that's not universalism and that's not annihilism. He teaches that hell is an eternal conscious punishment for all who are wicked. I love what this one author said. Because this is what's being taught everywhere. And I love what he said. Brian Strider, the author, he said this. I recommend that you be suspicious of all those who would dismiss or soften hell. After all, this is the first lie spoken by Satan. It was a denial of God's judgment. As Eve wondered about the consequence of eating from the fruit of the tree, Satan assured her, you will not surely die. The author's like, be careful with whoever tells you God is not going to judge you. It's the first lie that the devil used in the Garden of Eden. You can eat from the truth. Yeah, you're going to be okay. (laughs) He loves you. Yes, Jesus loves you. And it was a lie. And I think one of the biggest tricks the enemy tries to do is try to deceive us, number one, that he's not real, or number two, everything that God said is not true. And so we have to be careful in the times that we're living in, in the world that we're living in, what are the tricks of the enemy? Now, why would a God do this? Why would a loving God do this? Hell is a real place, number two. Well, he does it because, number two, there's hell in the human heart. There's hell in the human heart. Like, some of us know this. Some of us look at the news and we see what's going on. Look look what the Bible says. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 3, he writes this. Moreover, the human heart is full of... It's full of the human heart is full of evil. People's minds are full of madness while they're alive and afterwards they die. Humanity is evil is what Solomon, the writer, is trying to tell us. And some of us know this. Mark chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, it says it's from the inside, from the human heart that evil thoughts come. Sexual sins, thefts, murders, adultery, greed, evil actions, deceit, unrestrained immorality, envy, insults, arrogance, and foolishness. All these evil things come from the inside and contaminate a person in God's sight. Woo! The human heart is evil. David said, I was born in sin. Number one, we're born in sin, but then... As we get to an age of accountability where we know our decisions, first of all, we're sinners by birth, but then we become sinners by practice. Then we continue to practice sin. Nobody got to teach us anything. We know it. Like, I'm around my little nephews and nieces, and I'm like, yeah, we're born in sin. (laughs) You ever been around a baby? Like, nobody has to teach them to steal. They just know it. Nobody has to teach them to lie. You don't have to teach your baby to lie. Like, did you do that? Mm Mm-mm. Liar, <laughs> born in sin, right? Like, like we're born in sin and then we become like doers of sin. Like, like humanity, our human nature leans toward evil. We want to be good and we want to try to be good, but it leans toward evil. Don't you see humanity grabs every good thing that God has given us and twists it for evil? He gives us technology and we have computers and all we do It's lie, fraud, pornography, like evil. You look around the world and there's wars, there's corruption, there's starvation because humanity is evil. We see governments and nations that mistreat as people and hold them captive because the world is evil. Human nature, there is hell in the human heart. 
We're evil. We love evil. We love corruption. We love to lie, cheat, and steal. One lady said, well, I don't like hell. And Billy Graham said, well, I don't either, but we shouldn't like the sin that sends him there in the first place. He said every single preacher should preach about hell with tears in his eyes. It's a heavy topic. We don't like it, but if the world's not talking about it, we got to talk about it. We got to warn people hell is a real place. Me and Diana, the first, first week we were out, we went to Utah on vacation. There, there's an incredible, um, one of our friends here, Lisa, she's absolutely amazing. Her sister has a cabin in Utah, and it's a vacation cabin for her. She goes, why don't you come and stay in the cabin in Utah? I've never stayed in a cabin in my life. I'm from Hialeah. Come on. I've never. And I told Diana, let's go. And so we went up to the cabin, and it was awesome. The last 20, 30 minutes, right before you get to the cabin, it's in a mountain. It's absolutely amazing. And the last 20, 30 minutes, there's signs everywhere about deer crossings. Like, I've never been around deer crossings. I don't know. The, I, I've seen one going up to Orlando or something like that when I was 15, right? And so there's deer crossings everywhere. And I'm like, this is crazy. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing, like, dead deer all over the road, right? Diana was driving one night, and, and we had to, like, literally, she had to slam on the brakes because there was a deer in the middle of the road eating, right? But imagine the warning signs weren't there. Hello? You're going to hit a deer, and your car's going to get really messed up. And you're going to have a big bill to pay, <laughs> right? Like the warning signs are there to help us. There's a story about a, a tornado that went through Mississippi and it completely destroyed a bridge in the town. A man was driving one night and he noticed right after the tornado, the bridge was missing. He got off his car and he started waving cars down. And he says, don't keep going. The bridge is out. The first five cars in Nordham kept going and they lost their lives. Nobody likes to talk about this, but we got to warn humanity. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who's for you, but there's hell in the human heart. And I got news for you today. Hell was not made for you. Hell was not made for you. Look what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. It says, Jesus says, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. The devil, Satan, Lucifer is real. And I know we like to play around with that and we see that and we see culture make a mockery and think it's funny. It's not funny. Nobody in hell is going to be partying, throwing a party. There's not going to be a DJ and it's not going to be Woodstock 99 or anything else. It's a real place full of fire and torment and it was not made for you and I. And so today we talk about hell, but we talk about it in the backdrop of God's love, mercy, and grace saying it was not made for you and for me it was made for satan so if any man goes to hell he does that god does not send them he chooses on his own to go there god did not create any single human being wanting to send them to hell in fact the third thing and i'll finish with this heaven is for you heaven is for you god loves humanity so so much the bible says in the book of john chapter 14 verses 1 through 3 don't be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. My father's house has room to spare. If that were in the case, would I have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you? When I go to prepare a place for you, I'll return to take you to be with me. So where I am, you will be too. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Hell was not made for you. In fact, heaven was made for you. 
Jesus says, I'm going to ascend and I'm going to prepare a place for all of us together. And it's going to be one big party and there's many, many rooms and everybody is going to there throw a big party and a big dinner banquet. And we're all going to celebrate the love, mercy, and grace of Jesus, knowing that we didn't deserve it. There's nothing we could do to earn it, but because of his love and his grace, we will be there. Come on. That's amazing. Heaven is for you. Heaven was, it's, it was made for you. And it's, pro, it's promised to everybody. Maybe you're sitting here today like, Alex, I don't deserve heaven. Alex, you don't, you don't know what I've done in my life. The Bible says the story about Jesus dying on the cross. And it says that Jesus was crucified with two criminals on his side. And one of the criminals starts mocking Jesus as they're there hanging on the cross. One of the criminals looks to Jesus and says, hey, are you the Messiah? Like save yourself and save us. Do something about it. Call some angels. Do something. The criminal on the opposite side says, hey, shut up. (laughs) Be quiet. You don't know who you're talking about. He says, Jesus, save me. And right there in that moment, look at Luke chapter 23. This is what the criminal says. He says, we are rightly condemned for we are receiving the appropriate sentence for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, I assure you that today, today you will be with me in paradise. One preacher said the hardest people to preach to are the people who think they have it all together. The criminal knew he was wrong. The criminal was on that cross. He's like, I I know I deserve hell. Oh, I know I've murdered, I've lied, I've cheated, I've stolen, I've done wrong, wrong, wrong. I know I deserve this sentence. But the people who have a little bit of religion in their life, the people who are dressed up really nice and know some of these songs, and we have enough religion to think that we're saved by our good works. We think hell cannot be real. The gospel heaven is for every single person because we all deserve hell. In fact, hell should remind us of his loving grace, of his mercy for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whosoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. That's the gospel. That's the greatest message of all time that Jesus came to save me and to save you. I should have been dead in my sins. I should be in hell but because of God's great love, mercy and his grace today I know that if I were to die in this moment I'm going to be with him forever and ever and ever. Hell is a real place but it's not for me. I got heaven waiting for me today there's heaven waiting for you want us to stand up all across this place from additional seating lobby in the building if you're at home I want you to stand up and I want you to close your eyes every eye closed every head bowed every eye closed every head bowed today I want to tell you heaven is for you hell is a real place we read what Hebrews said It is appointed that every man is going to die and then comes judgment. The Bible says that the prophet came close to Hezekiah in the Old Testament and says, get your house in order because today you will die. Every single one of us, one thing we can guarantee is we're all going to die. 
what we need to figure out is where am I going after death? The Bible teaches clearly that there's countless scriptures about hell and heaven. Today I want to tell you hell is not for you. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. But hell in the human heart has let humanity do some wicked, evil things. Some of us are here today and we know what we've done. We're sinners. We've lied, we've cheated, we've stole. We've done things people have no idea about, but the Bible says God loved us so much. In fact, he wanted nobody to go to hell that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin and your sin. The Bible says that Jesus, he, he carried the weight of the world on his shoulders, the sin of the world. He went up on a cross and he died for me and for you. Come on, that's the greatest news. That you don't have to die for your sin because Jesus already died for you. That's how much God loves humanity. That's how much God wanted nobody to go to hell that he sent his son so that whosoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. Come on, with every eye closed, every head bowed, here at the auditorium, in additional seating, everybody praying for a moment. Today, if you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I don't know where, if I were to die, I have no idea where I'm going. A lot of us, we have insurance over our car, insurance over our house, over our health, I got a question. Do you have assurance over your soul? If you were to die today, do you know you were to spend eternal life with the God who loves you and who made a way for you? Life, salvation, grace, mercy, forgiveness is only found in Jesus. There's no other way but in Jesus. The only one who died and then defeated sin and resurrected. Today, as we're all praying, eyes closed, in a moment of privacy and prayer, if you're here today, you say, Alex, I don't know this Jesus. I don't know God. I'm far from God. My life is a mess. I've done things nobody knows about. I got shame and I know my sin. The Bible says every single one of us were sinners. And because God is love, he's also holy. And he can't be with sin, so sin separates us from God. But God loved us so much, he sent his son Jesus. He died for you and he died for me. Then he resurrected and the Bible says Jesus is alive. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm going to count to three in just a moment. If you're here and you say, Alex, I need a relationship with God. I want forgiveness. What do I have to do to be saved? The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow's promise for no man. Today, if you're saying, I want to be saved, I want to be assured, I'm going to heaven, the place that Jesus is creating for me. If you want to make that decision to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, Put your trust in him and your faith in him. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to give you a mic. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I just want to see who I'm praying for. Hold it up for a couple of seconds, then you can put it right back down. In the additional seating, we got pastors back there too. Leaders everywhere. If you're saying, today, today, I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. Hold up your hand for just a few seconds, then you can put it right back down. If that's you, at the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over this place. I see you. 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 God bless 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 you. Amazing. Amazing. Anybody else? God bless you. And you're in additional seating at home, in your office, wherever you're at, you lift up your hand. Amazing. All of us with our eyes closed and our head bowed, I want you to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. I'm making this first prayer easy, but you can talk to God anywhere, any place. He wants to hear from you. I'm going to help you in this first prayer. Just repeat after me. In fact, all of us together in one loud voice. Come on, let's pray this together. We're asking Jesus to come into our lives. Say, Father, thank you for today. 
Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm saved, I'm healed, and I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Oh, come on. God is good. Thank you so much. Hands went up all over the auditorium. Maybe an additional seating, maybe at home. If you raise your hand, we have a free Bible for you. There's a tent outside. It's our connect tent. Pass by. Somebody just wants to high-five you and give you a free Bible. This Bible's awesome. It actually has a lot of notes to help you understand who God is and help you understand what you're reading. Don't leave this place without picking up this Bible. It's free. Absolutely free from us to you. And they're not going to ask you for details, credit card number, any of that. They just want to high-five you. And we want to be a church that's on the journey with you. We're all on a journey after Jesus. And nobody's perfect, but we are following the perfect one. Amen. Amen. And so we want to help you pick up a Bible on the way out. If you're watching online, there's information there. Send us a text and we'll mail you a free Bible wherever you're at. Come on, anybody grateful for the grace and love of Jesus? Come on, anybody grateful for all God has done? Thank you. And I encourage you to go and study and don't just take my word for it. And hopefully you have a Bible and go study what God's word says. And I'm believing you get some clarity and you'll see how good and great his mercy and his love is. Amen. Come on, we're going to pray for the youth who are getting ready to go to camp. It is going to be the best week ever. In fact, uh, babe, why don't you come up here and let's ask our youth pastors to come up here, Phil and Danny to come up here. And we're going to pray for them. And uh, our youth leaders, I know there's a bunch of them getting ready with the buses outside. Are the buses already here? Yeah, they're here? Okay, awesome. It's, uh, it's going to be a total of like 250, 260, 270 people going somewhere. Like so it's going to be crazy. They have a big week ahead of them. They have a big task. And I love them because they love our young people. I love them because they love this house. They love this city. And they're doing an incredible job. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. And we love you. And we're praying that God's grace, power, and strength goes before you this week. And um, we're not going up there to waste time. We're going up there to have an encounter with God. And believing for a life change. And so why don't we uh, stretch out our hands toward our youth pastors. And if you're around a youth leader, put a hand on their shoulder and pray for them. And we're believing that God's going to help them this week, lead them this week. In fact, if you're with your student, if you're around your child, why don't you put your hand on them? Come on, pray for your sons. Pray for your daughters. and Pray that God would do something amazing in their life. He has great things in store for them. And God created them and made them to change the world. And God can use them. And so pray for your son and your daughter right now. Put a hand over their shoulder and pray for them. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much, God, for this week ahead. We thank you for all that you're going to do. I thank you for Phil and Danny's life. I thank you for the 50-plus leaders that are going. I thank you for every student that is going. God, thank you for this week. We give you this week. This is not a game. God, we're not going up there just to have a good time. This is an encounter with your Holy Spirit, an encounter with your presence. I pray, God, that you give them the word 
words, the might, the strength, God, uh, to our youth pastors, to our leaders, God, supernatural wisdom to lead our young generation in the right direction, in your word, in your truth, in your presence. I pray for every single middle school and high school student that's going. I pray health, protection, wisdom. I pray for an encounter with you. I pray that you will reveal yourself to them in a supernatural way that they will know you love them, you're for them, you're on their side, and you have great and mighty things for them. God, I'm believing for the best week we've ever had, the best youth camp we've ever had. Holy Spirit, fill them already from the top of their head to the soles of their feet that they will go spirit-filled, spirit-ready for all that you're going. Speak to them while they're there, God. Give them dreams, visions, prophecy, revelation of all that you want to do in their life. We pray health, we pray protection, we pray divine intervention over their lives. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we believe it and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. I love you guys. Have the best week ever. Come on, let's sing out one more song, and then we're going to go to the buses. Come on, let's sing.